Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to another week of Peak to Pit. I'm Allie Peak alongside TJ Pittinger. And uh, we had exciting weeks this past week, TJ. There was uh, some birthdays in our houses. Yeah. um, I don't know any of the Zodiac signs, and I really don't care. So I hope that doesn't get me canceled in 2020 because they're absolutely meaningless. But whatever, uh, whatever our daughters fall in, we've got three birthdays here in late mid to late August. Um, your girls were last week. Elena's birthday was yesterday. That was a, a fun yeah, they're day. They're five we'll days apart. That's crazy. Yeah. So five days in five years yeah, but, or well, five days too. in four years, I guess. But, um, I'm trying to look up what they are. So my daughters are Leo's and your daughter's is a Virgo, which I'm a Virgo uh, as well, I guess, by judging by this, I don't really know anything about the Zodiac either. So I just know that it's pointless, and so hopefully somebody gets offended at that. But I'll try to defend anybody else throughout the rest of the uh, uh, the rest of the show. So, what did you guys do? I, I know a little bit, but what did you guys do to celebrate the first set of twins' sixth birthday? Um, so we actually had this yard sign company, um, it's called Tampa sign surprise come and decorate our front lawn while everybody was asleep. So it had like super obnoxious, happy sixth birthday, Hadley and Hayden with like emojis and hearts and presents and whatever, just all over the yard. It was super ridiculous and over the top. They thought it was like the coolest thing in the whole world. And this is the first birthday where they can read. So that was kind of cool too, because they could actually read what the signs in the yard said. Um, I'm trying to think. So Eric is such a girl dad, such like a softy, whatever, like anything I come up with, he has to come up with something else to kind of like push it over the top. So I had decorated the downstairs. They decided like two days before their birthday that they wanted to have Harry Potter theme, which would have been nice if they told me like two weeks before, but regardless. So I hung like a Harry Potter birthday balloon, some Harry Potter like streamers from the ceiling. I got these giant blow up number six balloons. We built their birthday bikes and I, you know, wrapped all their ridiculous presents and stuff and set them all out. Then Eric goes and gets a hundred latex balloons, blows them 
all up. And, um, you know, upstairs in my house where there's like the bonus room and then there's that little hallway that goes to their bedroom. We, he filled that entire hallway, basically like floor to the top of their door with balloons. And then he moved their inflatable tumble track in front of the hallway. So it kind of like blocked all the balloons in there. So when they opened their bedroom door, they all fell in on them. Um, Mm. so he does this, but they wake up at 5.15 on their birthday, which is so much earlier than it ever was. But, you know, if they, you know your kid That's wakes ridiculous. up. Oh, my God. Yeah, ridiculous. ridiculous. They usually are not up to like 7.30, 5.15. They're awake. But generally, if somebody wakes up in the middle of the night or very, very early morning and they come sleepily into our room and I'm like, no, not time to get up yet. You got to get back in your bed. And so, you know, like they go back to their room. But when you open your door sleepily and you get assaulted by 100 balloons, you're awake. So they Thanks, come Dad. bounding into our room. So excited. It's our birthday. It's our birthday. It's our birthday. I'm like, not yet. Go back to sleep. And they like go back into their room. Eric's like, I can't believe you sent them back. It's their birthday. So he, of course, gets up to go play with them at 515 in the morning with all of their balloons in the bonus room. I was like, you can have this moment. You go. So he did. I slept for a little while longer and took care of the babies. But uh, <laughs> it was super over the top, but just a forewarning for anybody that considers, you know, barricading their child in their room with their balloons. If they wake up early, there will be no going back to sleep. What you said that you, you guys went to the fire restaurant. Is that right? Yes. We went to Yamato's uh, for dinner, which they've only gone out to dinner, like maybe two or three times total since we shut down in March. So it takes on a whole different meaning now, now that we're, you know, hermits for the most part, uh, to, to go out to eat. Like, I think for the most part we've gone to this restaurant. I don't, you actually, Elena would love it. You need to take her. It's called the happy hanger in, um, I think it's technically land of lakes, but it's, um, a private airport and the planes Mm. land. And it's basically like an old house. We always choose to eat on the porch because the porch faces the runway. So if you go on the weekends, all of these little prop planes are constantly landing, which the kids think are really cool. And then there's a hangar that's always open so the kids can walk around and like touch planes and stuff in there. They just think it's like the coolest thing ever. So that is basically the only restaurant we've been to until uh, Yamato's, so, which they call the fireplace. And I think Elena would like that too, just she would. because of the fire. She likes when, whenever I grill out, mm-hmm. she, uh, I mean, you know, when you light a grill, the fire only lasts for like, I mean, a charcoal grill, the fire lasts for like three or four minutes and yeah. it's done. But she always says, go see fire, go see fire. My, so she would love that. She would. My nephew's uh, and 20 she loves months. And stuff, so. um, he's 20 months and he was there and he thought it was like the coolest thing ever. Um, what you said, they just a bunch of dumb stuff. Like they're into dumb stuff. What do you buy six year olds? Like what do they, what um, kind of stuff do they like? Well, so their big present was that they got new bikes. Um, they actually got new bikes when they turned five too, but they grew a ridiculous amount this year. So we need, and they learned to ride their bikes without training wheels this past year too. And so they want a bike with a kickstand. They want, uh, the brakes on the handlebars. Like just we're moving into like big girl territory here. And then they're, like I said, dumb things. There's a, like, it's so trendy to have those surprise toys, which is just kills my type A self. I do not understand purchasing something when you don't know what's going to be inside. That just stresses me out. But they're like super yeah. into like, you know, the LOL dolls, the Hatchimals, like things that you open to see what's in there. Um, my sister got them Polaroid cameras. So they think those are super cool. 
Um, what else did they get? They are super into Jojo Siwa. So we got Jojo Siwa stuff. Um, this VTech makes this, they call it a phone, but it's more like a a tablet that's phone sized and you can't make phone calls on it, but you can, it does have a texting app, um, which we actually got at the recommendation of a friend of mine who's a kindergarten teacher because she was saying it's really good for their reading and spelling. Um, so a parent has to like, basically I have to download the app on my phone, which I have, and then I have to invite whoever can be friends with them through the texting app. So like right now they're just friends with me and Eric and a couple of my siblings and they can message us on there or whatever. Um, but they're, they're digging that. They're very excited. Cool. Sounds fun. I, I, I'm sure the aspect of two birthdays at once are are neat or has to be neat. I wonder, uh, I I mean, I don't know how many people are tuning in to hear about our kids, but I don't care. So we're seven minutes in and they can keep listening or hang up. (laughs) We will talk to sports and Uh, get to sports. I swear. Um, but the, the concept of doing them both at the same time, do they, I mean, they're, they're best buddies. So like, do they like doing everything at the same time or I guess they don't know any different. They don't, you know, there's no like, you know, they don't know any different. And right. but we always try like, it does get difficult for me at their birthdays and Christmas because if there's something that one wants that the other doesn't, like I'm totally down to not get them both the same thing. But also I have to be wary because they get FOMO. So like so-and-so opens something that that's the thing that they've been requesting. The other one's like, wait, I didn't get that too. So what I try and do is if I know that there's one or two things that only one wants and the other doesn't, I try and convince that to be the present that they get their sister for their birthday or Christmas. Mm. Um, that way, like we, you know, we give them all the same, but the different thing. And then that way that the kid that's giving the gift doesn't get FOMO. They, they think it's their idea. They picked it out. They are so excited to give their sister a gift that like they know their sister wants. So that's how we've been trying to play it so far. But I do think the benefit of twins is like, I'm super extra. So I like decorating and being over the top for birthdays. So it's nice to actually get to make it worth it. I feel like I'm hitting two two holidays on one day essentially because it's two kids. So it, it's it, true. I yeah. can totally justify going over the top. Um, man, Christmas is going to be so much fun for you guys this year. Cause I mean, last year, not that it wasn't, but the babies were obviously I don't even so, remember so Christmas last year. Yeah, I was Christmas so in a fog. Is going to be, I think I might even leave here and just come do Christmas <laughs> with you guys just to see the madness that it is. But, um, yeah, so good. The good, good stuff. Um, so what did you guys do for we, Elena? Uh, I saw the house you built her. Super cute. Good job. That was a project and a half. So let me back up. On Friday, we took her to a character breakfast at Disney. We talked about that at the Riviera Resort. I feel like we're giving a bunch of shout outs and plugs to restaurants and businesses that right? don't need our money. But you know. But anyway, so we took her to uh, Topolino's Terrace at the, the 10th floor of the Riviera Resort, which was fantastic. Um, you guys have done character breakfast, I'm sure. I like this new COVID uh, style character breakfast where they don't stop at every single table and take forever taking pictures and then take the picture again because with a two year old, they never look at the camera anyway. And so they want to, they want to, they want to look at the, um, they want to look at the character or Mickey or Minnie. Like you can't get them to focus on sure, my yeah. camera or a stranger's camera when mom, dad, and Mickey are the ones holding you. So right. with this, they just kind of come out and they dance for a few minutes and then they walk around to the tables and wave. They'll stop and let you snap a quick picture of them, but there's no like redo or retakes. Right. Like mm-hmm. he's not looking away from it. So it was much better for my age kids. Right. You know, if your girls wanted to 
take pictures with the princesses or take pictures with Minnie or Donald or Daisy or somebody, you know, it may kind of suck for yeah, that. But yeah. for my age kid, it was perfect. perfect. Also, the food at Top of the Nose amazing. It's like oh, that's so good to know because I feel like sometimes Chef, it's terrible. It sucks. Chef's, Chef Mickey's is terrible. You know, it's just a buffet. You know, it's a it's an overpriced Golden Corral, um, which we don't go to Golden Corral. I don't even know if they'll even exist anymore after COVID. But, God. you know, Chef Mickey's is, you know, a lot of the food is not great, even at the resort to those big um, buffets and stuff like that. Whispering Canyon has good food. I'm shouting out all the Disney stuff today. But Toblerone's Terrace was some of the best food we've ever had at Disney. It was so, so good. So um, you guys should definitely go oh, and, yeah. and check it out and do it. Um you know, Elena loved it and it was, it was really cool. Um, and then yesterday we didn't do anything super, super grand. I did build that, um, that house on Monday night. You remember when we were little and maybe I know you girls have a little playhouse. I thought this was just going to be a big plastic playhouse with like four different plastic sides that you just kind of fit into each other. And then a plastic roof that you snap in. And I thought it, I told oh, Kara, yeah, I like, no. oh yeah, I'll, I'll put, I'll put it together Monday night. No big deal. You know, yeah, I didn't want to see me. it Tuesday. Uh, and if I would have just looked a little more closely at the picture Kara sent me, I would have noticed, but she just said like, Hey, can we buy this? And she was asking just cause it was kind of pricey. And I said, sure, but that's all we're getting. And so, um, I opened this thing up at like eight o'clock and I look at it and there is like, there are like wood pieces. Uh, when I was little, it was just four pieces of plastic that you pop together, you know, like four big, not this, you know, it was massive. Uh, it took, I mean, I started at eight o'clock. I was done at one thirty. if I had it to do, I mean, I'd probably drill. I mean, there were 200 screws, yeah. you know, that you had to like drill in and stuff. So yeah, if, if I had to do over again, like having already done it once, I could probably do it in two or three hours. See, have but, you seen you know, the, pick the playhouse on our back porch? It's the same. I think it's the same company as yours. It's just yeah, not character themed. Uh, yeah. It's it a pain was, in the ass. Yeah. It was a lot, but I mean, the whole time I was enjoying doing it and she's lived in that house. I'm sitting on the bed right now because the house is in the office that I usually record in it. And so I can't, um, I mean, she's just in there making a ton of noise. So, um, <laughs> you know, I, it's insane. So, um, she loves it. She had a great time. We just kind of, we didn't do anything real grand outside of that. Like I built that, but we got up and we made pancakes in the morning and then we went, um, you know, we, what did we do? We watched Rapunzel. We went to their uh, Elena's two year and Brian's two month checkup. Uh, both doing really well. Elena is the ninety eighth percentile for height. Aww, so, awesome. any women's basketball coaches that may be listening, you can go ahead and send the scholarship to us now, um, and we will sign. I don't care if it's UF. We will sign with the very first scholarship that comes in for women's basketball. We want all four years. Uh, not one of those one year at a time things. Um, we went to the car wash because she loves that. We got pumpkin spice lattes. We went to the park. We made spaghetti, which she loves. The most simple things like make her happy. And so we just did all of those things yesterday. And then we'll party this weekend. Um, yes. Party on Saturday. You know, I think she's at the perfect age where like she doesn't need grand gestures. She like appreciates I don't know the favorites and the and and you know the routine almost more than anything else. And my and mine still are not really to the point where they like need over the top. They just happen to be gifted a mother that was over the top. So I've 
you know, shaped them that way a little bit. But uh, <laughs> when I when the babies were born, somebody told me like, you know, when they're younger, it's big items, small price tags. As they get older, it's small items, large price tags. And I, we're still in the relatively small price tags for our stuff. Um, not looking forward to when they become smaller and more expensive though. Oh my gosh. No kidding. Although we just bought like the biggest thing we ever bought her and it was the most expensive thing we've ever bought her. So we're going the, we're going the wrong way with that. Uh, yeah, but that'll that last, I mean, things. that'll last for so long. And honestly, Bryant will play in it too. Oh yeah. I was going to say all the kids that come over this weekend will be in there. I'm sure it'll oh, be like, a, sure. we always talk about, we're like, crap, what big presents are we going to buy our little twins because our big twins literally have everything. So I keep telling Eric, oh, well, let's donate blah, blah, blah. And then we'll just buy another one when the girls are literal. And he's like, are you kidding? Are you really telling me you're going to donate something? And then a year later, buy the exact same thing. Like, but they've got to be able to get something new. We've got to be able to open something. So, um, but yeah, no, you're right. She just likes doing the simple stuff. Again, we didn't have any plans to go to the park or uh, car wash, but she looked at us and said, go to car wash, go to park. And so, That's um, what she wants. so we said, okay, let's go do it. You know? So we had a good time, um, for sure. So speaking of having a good time since we're 15 minutes in and we've right? only talked about birthdays and our kids, um, football is getting close. Um, we, there's actually an FCS game this weekend. If I remember is it central Arkansas, Saturday, I think against Austin pay, right? Yeah. So that's fun. Um, some kind of the, the, I mean, I know there's like boycotts and stuff going on right now in the NBA. There aren't any like great NBA games, uh, on Saturday night, the lightning don't play on Saturday night. So uh, the race should be done by then. So I'm, I'm, I'm all in, you know, I will say as much as I want football back, like we haven't lost any football yet. You know what I'm saying? So like, I wasn't, I'm not like, Oh my God, I got it. So if, LeBron would have been on or the lightning or the rays. Like I probably would have watched that over an FCS game, but there's literally nothing else on. And oh, so I'm, watching football. I'm, I, I'm all in on the FCS thing. Well, I'm not, I'm going to watch. I would have been NHL watching playoffs. it no matter who was playing though. It, it didn't have to be a COVID year, but I do feel like I appreciate it a little bit more because I'm not sure, sure. if I'm going to get to have it the whole time. I am a hundred percent on board with that. I will watch it and enjoy it way more than I would have if not for COVID. Um, and again, since the lightning aren't, you know, playing a playoff game that night or whatever, then right. and I'm all in. Like I wouldn't watch a regular season, you know, one of, you know, some like 162 game baseball or something like that over it. But, you know, if it was like game seven of, of a lightning series, I probably would. But anyway, so that's right. going back other, uh, um, in the FBS, other, uh, teams are delaying their season. Do you see NC state I did. Um, has delayed their season? Yeah, they. Um, I guess they had some positives, and so it's delayed. I want to say from the 13th to the 26th of September, potentially. But I mean, we knew this was going to happen, right? We knew in terms of positives. We there was zero percent chance college football was just going to never have any, um, and they set the schedule up so that they had the flexibility to do this. So I don't really think it's anything to be concerned about yet. Yeah, I mean, I think that. I think you're going to see this. I think that's why these schedules were built. I don't out like the way that it's were. happening prior to the season even starting. That uh, is not great, but I mean, it's okay. I mean, 
I, I don't know if we spoke about I don't think we did because I don't think we recorded since then. Since we took last week off. But I spoke with Barrett Salee, and he told me that he thought there was a very good chance that the ACC moved their schedule up to be in line with the, SEC. the SECs in, in the Big 12s. Um, I, there's really no like right answer because everybody kind of has the same reasoning, but there's just different ways of going about it. Right. Um, the SEC started their schedule well, later. Well, the ACC has 11 track. games too, and the SEC only has 10. Which is also one more to play, mm-hmm. and so you know if you can, well, um, if you can get the games in, h- however you can get them in. I don't yeah. care if you start well, late or start early with more buys or whatever. But I think it would be clear in. too. NC State will still play on the nineteenth. They just have a buy on the twenty sixth, so that's where they're moving the NC State Virginia Tech game. The NC State Virginia Tech game was going to be September. It was twelfth, not the thirteenth. I just looked it up. They moved it to the twenty sixth, but they're still playing their game on September nineteenth. Um, yeah, so it's just so, a one-week I mean, They're a not one moving their delay. whole season back. Yeah. No. Um, um, which and is, again, which that's is, why they created this flexibility in the schedule. I don't know how much I, again, love it before the season starts. I mean, I guess I kind of get the idea just from, you know, they can't um, practice right now, and so they need to make up that time. But again, I don't know. I mean – so they said there's 27 the positives, like. uh, 27 positive cases within the athletic department. They did not say they said all, not all of the cases cases involve athletes. They didn't specify how many involved athletes or what sports they were involved in. So, I mean, we can by looking at this assume it's football, but it it, it may not have even all been football. Um. Yeah. So at that point, and honestly, twenty seven is not just, that many given the course of the, what the student population is. And they did just move their their classes to online. So I mean, maybe that helps some. We'll see. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, it just gives people more time to party. To me, it's crazy to shut down all of the. I mean, I don't. You know, I'm not obviously the smartest guy, but it, to me, it's crazy to shut everything down. Like, why? Why you would wouldn't just quarantine the well, infected and move on? You know what's I mean, if crazy? If, if in that twenty seven includes like 15 starters on offense and defense and you, you know, your, your head coach and one of your coordinators, then right. yeah, it's probably best to shut it down and, and restart later. Cause you still only get so many practices and stuff sure. like that. So, you know, but if that 27 includes like, like you said, some support staff, some trainers, some people that aren't even associated with Student football, then, equipment managers, like, I, I mean, right. then, well, then just so quarantine the sick and move on. Interestingly, NC state, reported 45 positives among their students for past week, the past week. And they said that they had three clusters. They desi- they describe a cluster as five or more cases that are related to each other. But they said that brings the student total to 501 positives since COVID outbreak began in March. So, I mean, when you think about there's 45,000 undergrad on their campus and when you when you say since March, they've been home since March. So you're including numbers of students who tested positive, but not necessarily were on campus. That's a really, really, really small number. Yeah, I mean the percentage is incredibly low compared to really anything. But I mean, I get it. You know, I mean people, you know, things get kind of blown up and and bigger than what they're made to be. So you know, hope, I mean, you know things in in Tallahassee and Florida seem to be a little better. I know we've had a couple outbreaks uh, in Gainesville, I'm sorry, 
we've had a couple of outbreaks. People have quarantined, practiced. The show goes on. Mm-hmm. Same thing for you guys. No, no outbreaks, no positives that they're reporting. Yeah, since the beginning so, of July, UF has had no positives, which is you know, it means whatever these schools are doing is are, are working. Yeah, I have not heard of. Um, I think Miami had some positives uh, very, very beginning of, of or middle of the summer, um, but nothing major reported since then. Um, so, yeah, well, you know, certain places are doing it well. Others aren't. It probably is just like, you know, certain areas of the country, certain outbreaks that happen. It has more to do with like, well, if a bunch of guys go out and party or go do this, go do that, come in and bring it back, then, you know, it kind of spreads if if everybody's kind of doing the right thing and staying in and yeah like, it'll be interesting be to see UF, you know or wherever it, you know they're not going to get it, it honestly the player's discipline is going to determine whether these seasons play out or not because it, they're not it, it's not creating it's not like self-generating in the locker room right they're not getting it there they're getting it if they go out and then bring it back to the locker room so it's how um shut down from the rest of the world, these players are willing to be. The universities can't mandate it, right? You're you're talking about players that do this for free. I mean, I, I you can argue their scholarships are payment, but these are not, this is not their job technically, right? So these, these coaches can't lock them away in their dorms and not let them see other people. So this is truly uh, the honor system here. And the programs that have the least amount of numbers are going to be the programs with the kids who follow the directions. We had Mike Martin Jr. on uh, the pod the other night and we asked him how he planned to enforce or implement any kind of COVID, you know, going out restrictions. And he just said, I mean, I'm just going to threaten them. I don't know what else to do, you know, tell them not to go out or they're going to get punished or have to run more or whatever, you know? So, um, I mean, it is kind of a weird situation because, you know, the, the coaches probably have pretty good, um, you know, success with, you know, the night before you're not allowed to go out. Sure. I mean, you they can, all lock them down. You know, they all Arvin usually Meyer go to hotel used to have the whatever, 48 hour rule, right? Like you cannot be out 48 hours before a game. I think at one point it got moved to 72 hours cause they were pushing it on that like 49th hour. Um, but it, it is hard to say the whole week, especially like think about if a program is on a hot streak or a winning streak. That makes you more likely to be out and partying, right? That makes your college community more fun. Um, right. So that that is going to be – the temptation is going to be real for sure. So I don't know. I mean hopefully – I don't know. You haven't seen, are there any other major program, major, uh, I mean, how many programs are there playing? 14 in the ACC, right? Um, yeah. Um, 14 in the SEC. Was it 15 in the ACC this year with Notre Dame? 15 in the ACC. Um, so 29 and then 12, right? So. Well, of the uh, major. 30, yeah. Cause there's normally 31. 66, I believe in the power five. Um, so but we've then 30 ish in only one that that we've seen move a game or anything right yeah, now. Yeah, so far only Obviously one. Obviously, we've got two weeks to go. Yeah, but. and that was probably more precautionary than anything else because, uh, I mean, we, again, they didn't tell us what players tested positive, but there's a good chance they were like, listen, look, our head coach tested positive. Can you please give us another week because he's not going to be able to be in the meeting room or, you know, whatever. I'm not saying he tested positive, but that's just, you know, a, theoretically, like maybe it was somebody important or something, and that's why they were willing to um, move it. But – uh, you know, and then we've got we've got lots of other group of five conferences playing too, and so there. I mean, we're 
uh, out of the teams that are not playing, we're going to miss Ohio State for sure. We're going to miss Oregon. I can see, you know, an argument for Michigan and Wisconsin. Honestly, other than that. US, USC. Um, I mean, if I happen to be awake and there's not an SEC game that's a barn burner or something that I'm watching, like, sure, maybe I'll watch Pac-10 at night or whatever, Pac-12 at night. But honestly, we're not missing, uh, for me personally anyway, uh, there are maybe people on the West Coast would have a different answer, but it, we're not missing that much. Yeah, I mean, it's Ohio State to me. I mean, yeah, I get yeah. the argument for I get the argument for Michigan. Um, you know, I understand the argument for some of Oregon. these other teams. Every once a year, twice a year, give us I mean, a great game to tune into. But week yeah, in and, and week and out, I mean, or- Oregon and Michigan to me aren't great. They wouldn't have competed for a no. But they spot, could have but changed they, the playoff they, uh, yeah, by somebody they that they finished, upset. They would have finished in that second tier of like, you know, seven to 15, right? Honestly, like you've got I, your top, top four to five, six teams, and then you've got your second tier of like, you know, your second place in um, all the conferences. They're beginning games. Like usually they play great out of conference games in the beginning. That's probably where we would have missed some of these schools the most, right? Um, yeah. The, you know, the week one matchups that we don't normally get to see that are canceled. And that's kind of sad. Wasn't it supposed to be Alabama USC this year? Like, I'm sad that that's not happening. There's, you know, some matchups like that. But in terms of changing the playoff picture, Ohio State is is the only one that's not going to be playing that I think could potentially have changed who the final four would be. In a conference only schedule, I, I don't think playing. um a regular schedule, I would say this team, but in a conference only schedule, I think that Oregon would have would have been in there and been mentioned. Um, really, if anybody would have run the table in the Pac-12, I mean, they they would have been mentioned. And right, and well, it may have hard. been Oregon's. It may have been Oregon's year to do that. Um, That's probably I the only that, way they get there because generally we've got in this, any in a year, right? Right. right. It, all, a conference only well, schedule is the only way when they play other people, and we see that these teams that are you know only have one or two losses within the Pac-12 then get their butts kicked across the field by somebody from another conference. We devalue that team that is undefeated in there or only has one or two losses or whatever. So they they never get there, even if they're undefeated for the most part. This would be it. it. Would have been, it would have been really, really interesting to me um, to have seen an undefeated Oregon and an undefeated Oklahoma as the fourth and fifth teams. Like who gets in yeah. um, between those two? Because we all know that Ohio State was going undefeated. We all know that Clemson will very likely go undefeated. Your SEC champion is in. Um, and then, you know, if if a if an Oregon or an Oklahoma is undefeated, they're going to get in over a you know, even so, if it's a one loss Georgia or a one loss Florida. So who gets in? Do, does the team uh, Oklahoma was the fourth best team to me last year? No matter what anybody says, they the talent gap between them and, and number one was just so 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 high. Oklahoma was you know deserved to be there, but because they got absolutely beat down and have consistently, would they throw Oregon in? Would right. they go ahead and stay with the team that they had been with? That that would have been interesting for me to see. This so actually um, plays out super well for the SEC, given that we're in conference only schedules. Because honestly, if you look at the five conferences, the SEC is going to be the hardest to make it all the way through. I mean, it 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 just is. So, but if the Pac-10 is or Pac-12 was playing and uh, the Big Ten is playing, 
I don't think there's any way you get two SEC teams because the only way you get at two SEC teams any other year is because you've seen how they perform against other conferences and it looks favorable for them. They wouldn't have that opportunity this year. So I think it would be a lot harder to justify a team with losses against a team that potentially ran the table in their in their conference. So this is actually good for the SEC because if they're going to have to play what I think is a tougher schedule than any other conference, it's nice to have the opportunity for two teams to be in. Yeah, I think that by default, um, you know, you have to guess that the SEC is the team that gets a, another right. another team in. The real only way that doesn't happen is if if the SEC is more and this may actually be the case if the SEC is much much more even this year and everybody finishes with two losses well, right I think the SEC um, is going to be more even this year because it, it, it is we always say so it's so it, hard to run the gauntlet but now we've added two more teams to it so, so with somebody's, so, with no patsy and and so what's tough about that is um you know, I think I, I read some power rankings today, and this the the general consensus on power rankings of the SEC is Alabama one, Georgia two, Florida three, Auburn four, LSU five, A and M, and then there's a pretty good drop but off. Those are those, like those are your those six would. Uh, I mean, I think you can look at Clemson. You would look at potentially Ohio State, but obviously Ohio State's not actually in anymore. But outside of Oklahoma and Clemson, I don't think that you're top six look any different when you talk about all the conferences playing. I mean, outside of throwing Clemson and Oklahoma in there. Clemson, Oklahoma, I'd have Notre Dame um, in Man, that mix. Th- you think Notre Dame is better te- than I'd any have, of those picks? I, I mean, I'd take Notre Dame. I mean, Texas A&M lost five games last year. I'd, t- I'd take Notre Dame just as to be just as good as as a and I think that Texas would be right there with Texas A&M. Um, the point is, is that those I think that teams I've, are some of the top, like at the very least, all six of those teams and are in the top 10 nationally. And that's, six but teams, all those teams have to play have, each other. I don't have A&M in my top 10. Oh, a top 10 without a Pac-12 and yes, without a, yes, without a, okay. Yeah. Yeah. So that's, that's my point is that, but all those six have to play each other for the most part. Like Florida doesn't play Alabama in the regular season, but they play everybody else that you listed. Right. Uh, you know. And so my thought is, my thought is if they all, if, if we get to a scenario where Alabama Clemson wins out or loses one, it doesn't matter. Clemson wins out. Um, Oklahoma or Texas wins out, right? Like they're in uh, your SEC champion is in one way or the other. No I don't care if, what, if right. Alabama. Yeah. If Alabama has three losses, but wins the SEC championship, they're going to be in. Cause it's just the year that it is. Um, what do you do if the SEC, you know, Alabama gets to Alabama's 10 and one, right. Or nine and one gets to the SEC championship and plays a, an eight and three Florida and, and beats them. I'm sorry, seven and three Florida and beats them. I mean, you're not putting Florida in as the runner-up then, right, with four losses. And you're not putting anybody else in because they've got more losses than that. So at that point, does a 9-1 and one Notre Dame make it? Does a 
Um, does a group of five make it? Would this finally be the year a group of five makes it? If if Memphis or Cincinnati goes undefeated and and wins out, like so, that's kind of what's interesting to me is what if the SEC absolutely cannibalizes itself? Because to me, I don't think there's a I don't think there's an absolute head and shoulders team in the SEC like there normally is. LSU was head and shoulders better than everybody else. It was clear year before Alabama's head and shoulders better than everybody else. Year before Alabama's head and shoulders. So like, what if you do end up with kind of a cannibalized SEC. You're not putting a three or four loss team in. Does a group of five make it? Does a Notre Dame get back so, in just to get beat out? I mean, I guess there's also the the possibility that um, Texas wins all their games, Oklahoma wins all their games, and the winner of that, like the winner and loser of that game goes, you know, that, so that so I think there's just a lot of scenarios. what about this scenario? What do you do? Let's say Alabama runs the table during the regular season, but and UF goes nine and one in the regular season, but UF beats Alabama in the SEC championship game. And then let's say you're both in. Well, listen, then you listen to the rest of my scenario here. And then let's say Auburn. I don't even need to. to. Let's say Auburn is nine and one. Their one loss is to Alabama. But then let's say Oklahoma's like eight and two goes to the championship game, but loses to Texas, who's seven and three. And Clemson is undefeated. Is there a chance you get three SEC schools over a three loss? Oklahoma. I mean, Clemson's obviously in Florida and Alabama, and I I think that you have to cons. No, I think that I think that a three loss SEC team, if that's the no, I'm saying a one loss team- SEC team. If Auburn's nine and one, let's say Auburn's nine and one, their one loss was to undefeated Alabama, but they don't go to the SEC championship game because Alabama's in the I, West, so they have I one loss. Auburn- Auburn sneaks in over Florida in that situation, just like we've just like that. But the in year, my scenario, UF <laughs> wins the SEC championship game. Oh, uh, okay. So well, UF so wins. Now you're presenting like unrealistic things, I, but I'm not. Um, this could very well play out. So my question is: Is there is joke. there an opportunity for a three SEC teams to get in? No, because Auburn and Florida play each other, so they can't. Be, Auburn and Florida. Um, Auburn and they Florida don't play. Each other. Do not play each other. Okay. Hmm. So let me think. No, I don't think that they'll do that. My my gut says that they won't. So they would take I a think three that, loss Texas or three loss Oklahoma over a nine and one Auburn. No, I just am kind of sort of just making up the fact that <laughs> someone else is going to have a really high record. Like, uh, like Notre Dame should win absolutely every game on their schedule in the sorry ACC, except for Clemson. So if they win all their games except for Clemson, I think they'll throw a Notre Dame in based on name and brand recognition. If so, there's a again, possibility Memphis we're or, looking at a two SEC, two ACC, no Big Twelve representation. Then I think that's pretty possible. Again, I think the SEC is again going to somewhat cannibalize itself, and and you really won't. I think they are too, but I think that people voting also have to take that into consideration. I don't think that because your conference is easier, that means like, oh, great, just easier path into the playoff. I think they need to look at – I mean, you're asking for something to happen that never happens because Clemson always has an easy schedule. Clemson always has an easy schedule, but you can't take a team that wins out on their schedule, I think, and leave them out. But my my point is I I think if you even – halfway survive this sec schedule you're better than a team with a couple losses from the big 12 
Even if so, more teams from your conference have already gotten in, are we looking for the most deserving or are we looking for the best? Because those are two different answers. If you're looking for the most deserving, then in my scenario, you put in the winner of the Big 12 because they won their conference. But if you're talking about the best games, odds are it's not a three-loss Big 12 champion. Right. And we've, I mean, my thought on that is always that it's a mixture of both. It's yeah. a mixture of the best and the most deserved. Like, there has to be some credence to winning a conference championship. What's tough is I don't know what percentage to give it. Do we give it? Do we give? I think uh, it's different this 12? year than any other year, though. I mean, potentially, but there's a lot of years that teams schedule really, really terribly and have super easy. Uh, out of conference schedules and, and those schedules don't mean anything either. Like, you know, Florida's out of conference schedule this year wasn't going to do them any favors. Like they don't play anybody out of conference. And so, you know, Florida, Florida is negatively impacted by their not being out of conference schedule. Cause they had three easy wins coming. So right. yeah, I mean, our schedule know, definitely got harder without it. So, you know, the big 12 schedule probably gets a little easier because when they have to play good teams out of, I'm sorry, theirs gets harder too, because they just play crappy teams out of conference. Like Oklahoma didn't have anybody good on the schedule. So, you know, they would have picked up three easy wins where they rack up 80 points because that's just what the big 12 does. So, um, you know, their schedule got harder too, just by the fact that they don't have any easy, give me wins to, you know, score a bunch of style points against. So I don't know. I think that, I'd say there's a 5% chance that three SEC teams make it in probably just because I don't, you know, I don't see Oklahoma finishing with three losses. I mean, they, they may finish with one, but if they, a one loss, just, you know, I'm writing this down and taking a picture of it in my phone so that we can revisit this in December. Oh, I'm sure Ryan will check the tapes and, and, and pull (laughs) it out when, when we get there. Um, yeah, I think that, you know, the, the, the possibility of what Florida, Alabama, and Auburn all finishing with just one loss um, is pretty crazy. You know that would mean that that you know what that would mean, and I I don't think this happens. I mean Georgia goes zero and three against them. It would mean that a and m goes zero and three against all of them. Mm-hmm. And LSU. LSU LSU goes 0-3 against all of them. Mm-hmm. And so you're... I think LSU you know, is the most likely of that happening of the scenario. They just lost so many people. I, think A&M, I would say that A&M is the most likely of that happening. Because um, I, I... But I mean, it's probably pretty close. I think there's a pretty significant drop-off. I think that I think that Alabama is a, a clear one. And then you've got, you know, small step down. Well, a decent step down, Georgia... And then just like right under Georgia is Florida and then decent step down again. And then Auburn. So, and then you drop down to LSU and and A&M. I can respect the putting Georgia over Florida given recent history. However, I will say, I think them not having a quarterback is, um, kind of gives Florida the edge there. If you look at like talent returning from both teams, um, I, I think until Florida beats Georgia, because it has been what, three years at this point, four years, um, I can understand Georgia keeping that spot, but I think in terms of team where teams are sitting, I like where Florida's sitting better than I like where Georgia's sitting because they they have a proven quarterback. Yeah, I mean Jamie Newman threw for nearly three thousand yards, twenty six touchdowns, and eleven interceptions last year. 
Um, so, I mean, he's not a slouch. He's obviously no, new to that No, but program, he's new to that program. But, he's new and, to the system. And, you know, so... Georgia and what do we say about tr- transfers? Like, they don't work out more often than they do. For sure. So, where they typically do work out is at your elite programs, like your Ohio States and Oklahoma and LSU and Georgia and teams like that, you know? So... You know, he does have that go for him. I also think Georgia returns so much on defense that they will be super talented there. And that's really where um, Florida has struggled with them. You know, we we watched the, uh, I mean, separately, but together or through iMessage, we watched the cocktail party together and we both just said, like, can Florida do anything on offense? So yeah. I, I think that, you know, but I think it's very close. Like, I, I'm willing to say the gap between one and two and the gap between three and four is closer than the gap between two and three. I think Georgia yeah. and Florida are very close. Yeah. All factors considered. Yeah, I'm kind of a show it to me on the field tiny guy. So I, I do need to see, um, you know, Mullen and then put it together, which, you know, I think this is the year to do it if it, if it ever happens. Um, and if it doesn't this year, then yeah, it probably never will, you yeah. know, consistently. Yeah, I mean, this is year. We've talked about this for months. Coaches. This is the year that this is a do or die year for Florida in terms of are we going to be Mark Richt or are we going to be Urban Meyer? Yeah. So they need to turn it around um, there. Um, I think that, I mean, I think there's a really, really good chance that Florida loses to Georgia and still goes to the SEC championship, which well, I know that's uh, kind of a weird scenario, but, but Georgia's schedule possible. is so, so tough with, um, with having to play Alabama and Auburn. And so, I mean, Georgia needs to, you know, a best case scenario yeah. for Georgia, I think a best case scenario for Georgia is going nine and one, yeah. losing to Alabama. Um, and I think that where is the well, I don't even know that it matters this year, but I was gonna say, where is the the Georgia Auburn game? Um, that could be a big uh, if they have to go to Alabama twice, you know, to Alabama and to Auburn. Um, UGA football schedule. Yeah, I'm um, looking it up right now, too. So it is at home, fortunately. So I think that's a big help for them. So, I mean, they'll be favored. Uh, well, then there's this. Well, Georgia, they play Auburn Georgia early, be, which I don't know if that's good or bad. Two. But yeah. Yeah, probably not great. Fortunately, they have a really, really easy tune-up game at Arkansas week one. Yeah. So, I mean, you know, quarterbacks going to have to take his licks there. But they uh, do. Their Georgia, schedule Georgia plays will out be, well for be them. They'll be favored in – Go ahead. Down the stretch. Well, yeah. They'll be favored in every game they play except for the game at Alabama. So interesting for them. They have Patsy Hard, Patsy Hard, Patsy Hard in for the first six games. We're talking about Arkansas. Then, then they go into games. Georgia. Then they go into Tennessee, which the week I think Tennessee at the end of the season um, is actually kind of scary for me as a Florida fan. Tennessee, the last couple of years, they've gotten they've been a different team the last week of the season than they were at the beginning of the season. So if you I, I personally always like having Tennessee early. So I think that's a benefit for them. That's usually um, an October game for them, a late October game. So, and it is, there is a decent chance that they kind of prepare two weeks for Auburn as opposed to preparing for Arkansas and then preparing for Auburn. They may prepare for Arkansas some, like I'm not saying they're going to completely ignore them, but I guarantee you there's some uh, Auburn prep work going on right now uh, for that game. And then they have Kentucky and then a bye. For Florida. So at the very least, they're putting two weeks in for Florida, but there's a decent chance they're putting in more than two weeks in preparation for Florida as well. And then, you know, like we said, Patsy's after that. Um, so they they really we may know who's gonna represent the East for the most part by the first week of November. Yeah, I mean, the one thing about that is 
um, you know, say Georgia loses to Alabama and comes into the the Florida Georgia game with just that one loss and then beats Florida. Um, I mean, none of the. I, I think that they should win all four of the rest of the games, but the Georgia Missouri game is Missouri's always close. Missouri plays and, everybody and, close. I feel like and South Carolina beat them last year. Yeah, and the game would be in South Carolina this year, so it's never over because just that one more right. loss. The the trouble with Florida Georgia is always that once Georgia beats Florida, is it is it three years now? Yeah, then Georgia is counted on. They need to lose two more games. And, sure. and that just it, with, it with how late the game happens, you know. Like they may drop one to South Carolina, and they drop one here or there, but they're not going to lose two more. So, but- and for Florida, the the last four games of them are the four easiest on their schedule as well. Because after Georgia, they go Arkansas, Vanderbilt, Kentucky, Tennessee. I think the Kentucky Tennessee games, I I pick I pick Florida in both of them. I don't think Tennessee that, scares me as being, I. Both of them being at the end of the year, Kentucky's quarterback's really talented, and they're yeah, usually the really time. really early. The last time They're Florida really, played Tennessee really, uh, in 2001. Yes. Yeah. And f- that kept Florida out of the national title. If that game happens the week of September 11th, Florida plays in the national title game in 2001. I mean, if they win. Yeah, but they, win they, that game. but they, so we were missing our running back in December. He was healthy in September. They were missing their running back in September. He was healthy in December. There, I can't, well, I don't know why I can't remember who they're running back is now I'm going to have to Google it, but he had like 300 yards rushing against us. He would not have played in the game had it happened when it was supposed to. I'll still take Tennessee in that one. No way. <laughs> um, I remember I playing in that the, game. I think having them at the end of the year is, is kind of tricky. Um, Florida's gauntlet is, is super tough having South Carolina who always plays Florida tough, then having to go to A&M, then having LSU, then having Missouri, which is always a super tough game. And then having Georgia, I think it's five straight weeks. Well, you guys have the buy before the cocktail party too, but it's five straight games of Travis Stevens every week. Every week is a challenge. So, um, and then you said if you lose any of the last four, I mean, that's on you. I think the Tennessee game will be more challenging than normal. I think Kentucky will be a tough game. Um, but I think Florida wins both of them going away. And, and if not, it's like a, like I said, bigger indictment on the team than you know, I think if Florida play. is undefeated or close, um, there is, uh, Dan Mullen will have them ready to play. I think I, and I, and I think if he doesn't, that is a, it definitely the an indictment. Game? The Georgia game, or are you talking to the very No, end I'm of talking the year, if they, and the last four at the end. If they were to beat Georgia, right. if they're in a position to go, I think uh I I I think that, that Dan Mullen has them ready to go. Okay, so I Googled 2001. Florida lost 34-32. Travis uh Stevens, it's considered a top five individual vol performance all time against Florida. Um he was Let's see. Let's see. Does it tell me what his stats are? But yeah, it was moved because of September 11th and we almost won anyway. Where's, does it have his rushing yards? I swear it was like 300 yards. He had 19 carries for 226 yards and three touchdowns. He was injured in September. So that would have been. So let me just look at something. So that would have been against Miami or Ohio State? Um, hmm, not sure. We'll have to – I'm not sure which one was the last one in. Ohio State. Um, or was that the Miami-Nebraska? 
Let's see. It would have been the 2002 national championship because that happened in 2000. Let's see. Google is amazing. You know that? Okay. Any- it was the Rose Bowl. Uh, MVP was Ken Dorsey. And it was again, it was Miami, Nebraska. Nebraska, yeah. So I I do wanna say this. Um I think it's a good thing that that you guys lost to Tennessee there, so you don't have another loss to Miami. Because <laughs> that Miami team was just and that's I don't like them. That's not me like hyping them or trying to give you a hard time. Like yeah. that just was you know, yeah, but that nobody would ever would shy away great. from the opportunity to try, right? No, 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 no guy on that team would be like, you know what? I'm okay losing to no, Tennessee because we would have lost the national championship anyway. No, not not then, but like, so you guys haven't gone to a title game and lost it, but like, say yeah, we you would have Nebraska, 1995. Oh, Nebraska. No, I'm sorry. So question. The estimable. That was that. terrible. It's like 62 21. If, if the option was given to you to replay that game with zero chance to win, like the same exact result would happen or just go to the sugar bowl and win it. Would you, for that season, would you take losing that way in the national title or knowing you couldn't change it? Like there's no option of, Oh, we'll go play the game and see how it plays out. Would you take being in the national title or just winning the sugar bowl that year? I still think I'd take being in the national title. I just take winning the different bowl. Because no, because back then they weren't even really national titles. They voted on it afterwards. Yeah. So you don't even really get credit for going to like the national title game. You just happen to be – they played the – I I would – like if you could take away any of Florida State's three losses in title games, um, I You'd would say – You'd take away yeah. 96. <laughs> I'm not take away any of them. But that's what I'm saying. Like if you could just take away the loss and just play in a different BCS Bowl and finish like third for the year as opposed to getting your brains beat in – yeah, I would I would take the not loss anytime. If you're if you're giving me an opportunity to replace any loss with a win, I'm always taking that. I don't care if it's in the national title game or not. You know, like saying you got your head beat in in the national title game means nothing to me. I mean, Just, getting okay, to the national good. championship means something to me, but I don't know. I can I maybe can see your point there. <laughs> That's all I, I, I you thought you were getting from me. I, I hate for you to agree uh, ever. So. Um, but okay talking about disagreeing so little news here the lightning did you watch the lightning game last night they play again in a couple of hours here yeah they play a couple um, yeah and they went into overtime last night i was flipping back and forth between um the convention and uh the lightning game i've watched a lot of political tv the last two weeks i'm trying to educate myself here have you gotten oh, I don't know what you're I don't know if you're doing much educating yourself from either of the political conventions this year but um I know what you mean by it. So uh Lightning up 1 to 1, I'm sorry, up tied 1 to 1, hopefully go up 2 to 1 tonight against Boston. I think we're the better team at even strength. The problem is that our special teams are terrible. Um, I don't know if Willie Taggart's coaching our special teams or what's going on, but they are so bad. And every time Boston gets a power play, I think it's a goal. Every time we get a power play, I'd rather just us take a penalty real quick so it can go to four to four because we're we're worse on the power play. So uh, if we can keep it even strength, though, I think we win the series. Um, the Rays look really good. Yeah, right Tampa's now. teams are just trail. crushing it right now. Very good. The Magic, not our team. I think the Magic just picked up a win 
from um, Milwaukee boycotting their game. So I feel like that's um, the just announced. You know, that's that, the best thing. That, that's the best thing that's happened to the Magic in years. Yeah, um, so the, that's a good, the Rockets and the Thunder just announced that they'll be boycotting, which means the Lakers are probably going to be boycotting tonight boycott as well. Ours. I don't think there'll be any NBA basketball today. So I wonder what ends up happening there. Do they just end up? You know, do they take like a, a day or two off? Do they, I mean, they, or do they, do you think the season gets canceled? Do they resume in a couple of days or a I week? I think they or? resume in a couple of days and they make this game up. Um, so, well, I, I think mean, the way this first one has gone down, I, I think it is a win for the Magic. I think not, not like a moral win. Like, I think it's an actual no, the, and, win. Uh, well, I just saw an ESPN reporter tweet that NBA sources say the Orlando Magic will not accept a forfeit. So if that's the case, then they're just kind of delaying it because Correct. in a series you can't just say you can't like, just okay, cancel it. It has to be played. Right. At some has, point. has to be, and I mean, somewhat ironically, I understand what the the point of all of this is, but you know, even if they did just cancel it and say a best of six, I mean, Milwaukee would just win the next game anyway, and so you don't have to play all seven games in a seven game series always. Correct. So right. It's, it's interesting to me as to what ends up happening with it. Um, so I did read a funny tweet, not to make jokes about, um, you know, things that are being protested, but somebody said, how pissed are the Magic players right now? Thought they were going to go get to see their families tonight, but it's going to be at least two more days stuck in the bubble for <laughs> them. Um, the Magic are, are terrible. And so um, CNN is, is reporting that that the uh, Lakers and Blazers had decided to boycott game five. So it'll be interesting to see how I mean, I, I um, think that they're- it goes. I mean, I don't want to get into political stuff, but I feel like there's a way they could have spun this as we're taking the day off because we want to um, give reverence to a, a situation that really needs our attention. I don't even know that you need to call it a protest. You can just say, like, we don't play, feel right playing a game today Um because there's bigger things going on. I, I almost think if you call it a protest, but the game gets rescheduled, it kind of lost some of its power because the game still gets played. If you say, you know, we're just we're delaying. We're, yeah, we're delaying because no. we want to we want to make sure everyone's paying attention to things bigger than basketball or something like that. There's a way to you're still protesting. The game's still not happening. But I think that there's a way to word it that doesn't make it look like it didn't mean anything when this game gets played two days later. Yeah, no, I completely. And I mean, these are serious issues going on, and I do think I think players should be able to use their platforms for good. Um, but I, I, I think that there's probably a, a more effective way, or uh, just to word it. I mean, same same outcome, right? No games today. But I think you could the NBA as a whole, really, honestly, could have said we're canceling all games today. I don't know. Yeah, like they did with uh, Kobe. Did they cancel? Did they cancel games for Kobe? No, I think I they made them they all did, play. I think the like they canceled the Lakers game and the okay. maybe the Clippers okay. too. Um, but yeah, so I don't. It, again, yeah, if they just play the games again, and even if they take a week off, they you know they're just moving it all back. Yeah, because that's um, what, this game isn't canceled. This game will be postponed. It has to be played because we're in playoff basketball. This might be different if it was in the regular season. In the regular season, honestly, if you boycott this a game, the other team gets the W, right? And and we move on. And maybe honestly, that's even more powerful because you're giving up the win. Whereas in this scenario, nobody's getting the L or the W. It's just postponing it a day or two. So uh, you would think 
the best way to go about it would just be to come out and call a spade a spade as opposed to calling it a protest. You can still right. do a lot of good with it, I feel like. Still draw a lot of attention. Yeah, because everybody that was t- going to tune into the three NBA games today would, would then at be the, talking about. Yeah, and at the very least, if it's somebody that doesn't know what's going on, could be like, oh my gosh, the NBA canceled basketball today. And now I need to Google and find out what the heck was so important to cancel a game. And then you've got somebody who didn't know that now does. Yeah, it'll be. I mean, the only way it's different is if they just cancel the season, which again, yeah. I don't feel like well, is about to happen, but I, I hope not. Crazier things have happened. And yeah, and um, that is different too. If they come out and say, Hey, we're, we're boycotting the rest of the season because we don't think enough attention is being brought to this topic. And that would be very powerful. I don't want to see that happen. I, that would be, I would think that would be sad, but I, I think it would be meaningful. We'll take our world championship. However it is, whether it's a canceled season or not, um, We'll we'll take a UCF World Championship. So well, I don't care how I don't care how it <laughs> if ends the up college happening. football season doesn't happen, you best believe I will be printing 2020 national champion shirts. Or I guess 2021, since that's when the championship game would have been. <laughs> so, um, what else? Do we have anything else? I think we've been on here for about an hour, so I don't know if we have anything else going on. But I think we're. I think it's so set. nice to be disagreeing about football again. I don't agree that it's nice. No, so <laughs> <laughs> true to form. I don't think it's very nice to to disagree about stuff. I am excited for the games. I, I don't think either one of us are going to any games. So we, well, uh, UF we has not cert- refunded my ticket money yet. So who knows if I'm in that twenty five percent? I may be sitting in the stands. I kind of think there'll be boosters with way more clout than me that are using that twenty five percent. But we shall see. My dad asked me, he's so, like, hey, do you want to just go up and tailgate? He's like, I don't even care to sit in the stands. Just sit in the parking lot, listen to the sounds, watch it on a big screen TV. I might be down for that. I, yeah, I think I'm good. But Gainesville's a lot easier trip than Tallahassee. That's true. That is true. <laughs> like an eight-hour round trip to do that. And then, you know, then you got to like sober up and stuff. Like I could just... I mean, I can get unlimited high noons out of your fridge. So, like, who True. cares? Like, I'll just tailgate at your yeah, house. Yeah, but at football season, it's <laughs> going to be bourbon, baby. High noon summer. Well, Come on. With with my team, I need the bourbon. So, um, but yeah, like, because I assume you won't uh, be going to many games. I know yeah. I'm probably not going to any games. Yeah, I'm I mean, more than likely I'm not going to any, together. but we'll see. Yes, yeah, so there'll be lots of college football. Now, I want to know, when does game day resume? Are we getting the game day this Saturday because there's the lone week zero game, or are we not getting it till the week after, or are we getting it the week after? Will they even do game day? Doesn't I don't know. that kind of encourage? Doesn't will they do game day? Well, but from they might the do it from studio? a studio. I mean, uh, I would assume so. I yeah, can't imagine yeah. that they don't do game day in some form, and that would They'll, make me really sad. That's part of my Saturday routine for like twenty years. So I know we disagree on this, shocker, but I, I don't love game day. Ugh. I think it's gotten. I used to. I think the show has changed too much, and I will leave it at that. Um, I I enjoy parts of game day. I enjoy the sentimental stuff. I I'm pretty enjoy, sure I'm on three straight years of crying on a, a game day episode. Parts, parts of game day just suck now. And I think the bear is the worst part of, of college game day. He's terrible. His picks are terrible. I was talking with Dan Thompson about this the other day. I'll never forget the 2015 game. Everyone in America knew that Florida State was going to blow Florida. The, the, the line came out. Florida, uh, Florida minus three within an hour it had flipped to Florida State minus three. An obvious error by the f- folks that in Vegas that set that line. That doesn't happen often for it, something right. to take that seven point swing. So 
he said Florida was his lock of the day that day. I'll never forget that, watching that and just thinking, this ass has no – like everyone knows what's about to come. Florida comes out and scores two points. Florida – I mean, just – he does that – and that's just like one that pops in my mind because it has to do with my team. Right. But he does that so, so, yeah. so often. Like he his hitting percentage – the best gamblers in Vegas are like 60%, right? Nobody right. beats Vegas. Like, right. They just win a little more than they lose. Sure. His hit percentage is like – 15%. Like he's so bad. Yeah. So anyway, that's like a pet peeve I have. I do love Corso. I love Corso's picks. That is the best part of game day to me. The second best is the intro music with um, Big and Rich. Yep. And so after that, I'm I'm taking or leave it there. So oh, um, the, but the I'll be over. Heartstring story every year is, or every week. I, I mean, like I it. give me I, it I like that. Week. I usually just catch it later. Um, also, I got into soccer a couple of years ago, and there's live soccer on as opposed to just four old. I, I think Pollock's someone, an idiot. Has Howard's got no clue what's going oh, on. I love Pollock. I do. I mean, he's an idiot, but I mean, I. So anyway, so I like Fowler. I do too. He doesn't even do it. Reese does it now. So yeah, like I don't know. I, they've just lost something with me. I like Herb Street. That's who I do like on the show and yeah. and coach obviously. But um, so I'll be over eleven forty five to watch Corso's picks. I stopped watching Fine. it when I started watching soccer because Listen, that's you know we it, will I'll watch up. live sports over four old men talking about football. You know, like we'll blow up the water bounce house in the backyard. We'll tell the two I can play six that Elena is their responsibility. They can go down the water slide. The pool is literally like six inches deep, so. There's not any risk there. She can just go up and down that slide 87,000 times, jump on the trampoline. We can sit on the couch with the sliders open so we can see them and watch football. It'll be perfect. Yeah. No, I'm with it. Uh, oh, they can watch Bryant too. He'll be fine. Yeah. He's tough. Well, he can play um, with my babies too. Yeah. Shams, ladies, man, already. Shams, Bryant, you've got 25 years to find you a pick here. One of one of the two. So, yeah. Uh, <laughs> The NBA has postpone, postponed its playoff games today from Shams. Um, the athletic breaking news guy, like Diet Woj. Um, and so was, if they're just postponing the games, then it's, you know, it's not, I mean, it's not necessarily. It's not a boycott a, necessarily, but I mean, you want to. It is their boycott that, it is their boycott that led to. Sure. Um, that. So, and it sounds like the NBA players have called for a meeting today in Orlando to determine the next steps after this. I, I think there's a 50 50 chance the season gets canceled. Maybe I'm just, it's the pessimist in me, but I think there's a really good um, chance of that. Um, so, I don't know if we have anybody that listens that's in Louisiana or Texas. I don't know if you've seen this, but Hurricane Laura was millions updated to a cat four millions of people. They're calling the storm surge unsurvivable, unsurvivable, which I feel like is. Uh, either very incendiary or incredibly scary, you know, one or the other. Um, so anybody that's listening, if you in that path, you better go. They're saying between 1 and 3 a.m. overnight, it's going to make landfall somewhere between Texas and Louisiana. Um, but, uh, you know, that close to the mouth of Mississippi, an unsurvivable storm, survivable storm surge is not going to be good. Yeah, definitely scary thoughts and prayers with everybody kind of in the path there because um, that's – I mean, it's always like you're thankful that that it doesn't hit you, and yeah, um, that it's not you know coming to yeah. We could go. We we're looking at how this would come to Florida. You know, would it would it affect yeah. us? But um, you know, those it, you uh, know, it sucks for the people, people at McDill turn the radar or turn the you know the whatever their equipment on and moved on and out of our machine. way. Yeah. yeah. 
<laughs> Do you know my mother so, swears that that happens? <laughs> she, she swears that's why Tampa I, I doesn't get hit. I don't know her super well, but I mean, um, it just cracks so me up because she's very logical generally. But she's like, "Oh, Tampa hasn't been hit in a hundred years. It's because McDill can move them." Oh, sure, mom. I bet that's what it is. That's exactly what it is. Hey, I mean, it's something. So, hey, I mean, well, I'll take it. There you go. Whatever it takes. So, all right, all right, well, cool. I think that'll do it for us. We'll catch everybody next week, and uh, hopefully, nothing changes in college football because no news is good news this close to the start of the season. For sure. Sounds good. I'll see you next week. Actually, I'll see you Saturday, but I'll see you next week. There you go. Cincinnati, and we all got really happy. Grabbed a bowl of that skyline chili along the way. Then we rolled on into Canton, scared the hell out of Marilyn Manson, and the party started happening. Hey, hey, hey. And in the middle of a Charleston night, we ran into Jessica White, and a little moonshine got us right from smoking And helped us out So we did it, it up to Philly Partied down like real hillbillies Brought the music mafia And rocked it out Oh, and Chippewa's where we go When we're up in Buffalo Don't you know those Yankees Drink enough to drink Too much Corona, and we woke up by the river. And Jeff City Moe, and we're coming to your city. Gonna play our guitars and sing you a country song. We'll all be flying higher than a jet airliner. And if you want a little bang in your yin yang, come along. Yeah, yeah, we're coming to your city.
there for a minute. I really thought we were in trouble. Y'all gonna run, big. Come along, come along, come along, come along. Yeah, we're coming.